Hey guys, guess what time it is? It's creepy time. And that's exactly right. It is true crime and creepy time. Hello, creepers. Hello. Hello. Hey, Jess. Hey, Jess. I feel so yes. fancy. You are fancy. 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 We're, we're doing a special episode today. We are going to do our tribute to the Evaldi victim. Right. Give us a shout out. Let us know if you can hear us. And... Jessica and I, you're going to get two, two, two for the price of one this week because Jessica and I are going to come back on Thursday and do our regular schedule. We're going to do true crime, current events. Then next week's episode, we'll all be back together. And I have a great, great, great case for us to delve into. So you're going to want to be back. Right. Jess, how's your summer going? Um, sorry, I'm going to have to get used to like looking at the comments and talking to y'all and like being able to, but you know, I'm going to be able to do it. I'm good at the di- dibble dabbling. We are multitasking. We're multitasking. The multitasking. Um, it's going good. I started summer school today. I'm just glad that it's the summertime. Okay. I need to talk to y'all about this. Yes. So Mickey just said, I'm scared to listen, ask Nicole about my craziness the other day. So every time our creeper Mickey listens to us, crazy stuff happens. Stop. Of course, crazy stuff happens <laughs> to us every time. Yeah. So we're going to give Mickey the top creeper award because she's had some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff going on. Mickey, just because you're friends with me doesn't <laughs> automatically send you to the crazy house. Okay. The cuckoo-cuckoo train. That's not how it works. It was some poltergeist-like material, a, a situation kind of going on, like some creepy Chelsea stuff. Like had with the black-eyed children? Yes. <gasps> yes. Mickey's going to have to come on and be a guest. Y'all, we have so much exciting stuff that we have in the plans for us. You are going to love it, Creepers. Mm-hmm. We have so much that we're planning. Yes. But one thing that we are going to start doing is inviting guests to yes. our lives. So you will be able to be a guest, tell us your creepy story. Mm-hmm. So many people have asked us how can they come in as inviting guests. So Mickey, yeah, we broke her internet earbuds and the Roku. So she needs some sage. We did. Listening to our podcast, Mickey. the podcast that's on Amazon Prime Music. Mickey, I am Spotify. so sorry, but <laughs> True Crime and Creepy Time is not responsible <laughs> for the breakage of your listening. Okay. Enter at your own risk. Yes. So. Okay. So when, let, let, let me do some backtracking, guys. Yes. Do y'all remember that the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas happened on Tuesday, May 24th. And then we did a show that night, right? And we talked about how despicable it was that we don't have protection in the schools. Remember we talked about, like, I told y'all about the school in Indiana, 
$400,000 to create one of the safest schools in the country. And I had made a prediction, I have it right here, and I told y'all that in about two weeks, you wouldn't hear anything about Uvalde. I have it right here, June 9th. By June 9th, it, it would be the, another story would come and captivate. Have y'all heard anything about the all of the victims have been put to rest? And except for that passionate speech, if y'all haven't, McConaughey. Yes. So, Rainy, I did just look up news on Uvalde, and all they're talking about, they're not saying anything about the kids or the teachers. They're talking about the police, um, the police chief and what he did wrong. Um. So, there again, we have forgotten about the victims. Yeah. You know, we started this as an entertainment, but it's kind of, especially with um, our last case that we just did with the Girl Scouts, murders you know i reminded everybody that we really it's about the victims we want to remember the victims of these cases to number one help people to not fall victim to these things but also in remembrance of victims of these tragedies Mm -hmm. it seems like after the victims are put to rest that's it they're gone we don't talk about it anymore because nobody wants to hear about it. They want to fight over whose fault and all of this. Yeah. When we just need to worry about the people who lost their lives and those families who have to put their lives back together because that was a puzzle piece that is now forever gone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, so y'all know what my parents do. My parents have worked in the funeral business for almost 40 years. My dad, almost 50 years. But... They, they told me one time, and it's so true. So when someone dies, everybody during that time asks, what do you need? What can we do to, to help you get through this difficult time, right? Right. But I remember my dad telling me one time that it's a week or two after the funeral services are done and everything has gone back to normal, that that is when people need the most. Mm-hmm. The people, like you said, just have to rebuild theirs with an empty spot. Mm-hmm. Put their pit puzzle back together with a loose end that will, again, never, never be back. Never be back there. And that that's just the saddest part that there's nothing you can do. I've heard the exact same thing that people, people say, like, everyone's all, you know, as soon as something happens, it's great that people come together as a tragedy and they put it together. They bring food that, you know, they, they're there to help and things like that. But then people's lives just move on and people go back to work and they start doing their things. But that's when people need you the absolute most. Yeah. To make sure that if you need to talk, I can't, I can't tell you in this last week what it has meant for just someone to say, are you okay? What do you need? It, it just, it means so much. And sometimes there's nothing that you can say or do, but just the asking. Someone, yeah. You know, what do you need? What can I do? I'm here for you. That in itself is the greatest thing that people need at that time. Just to know. And you've done, you did that to me a couple of m- months ago when I had my breakdown. You were just like, I'm coming over. You don't have to talk, <laughs> but I'm just going to be here sitting by you. 
just in case. Yes, yes. And yes. so we have to remember that when tragedy like this happens. So we want to do, we want to remember all of the victims. So with all of the stories like Nicole said about, did the police do the right thing? Did, did who dropped the ball? Who, how did he get in? What is it? That's the mantis. We, that's, that's extra plus for the story. The problem is we want to remember these people who lost these human their lives, beings, these children, and I think it really hits home for me and Jess and Nicole because we are teachers and we do put our lives on the line every day when we go into that school building. It's sad, but to say that because school's supposed to be a safe place. That's what we're learning right now, that sometimes... It's your safe place, and it's, it's great, and people are there for you, but... It's so hard, because they're at one point telling you this should be their safe place, but then, like, how safe can you make it? Because there's always those variables, like, there's only so much safety I can put in here to match the crazy that's going on outside the school. Right. right. There's so, so much I want to say about this, too, but... It's it, there, it'll become a political thing, and I don't want it to happen like that. So I guess what I will say is I'm very disappointed how the news, because they did talk, because Matthew spoke, a lot of the parents and stuff spoke about the, like the gun stuff and all that. But it's becoming like Republican against Democrat between the guns things. Is that what you just say? Political. Yeah. When you're talking about children dying, that's forget about well and that's what it's what's going on it's like it's they're not worried about you know oh we buried the kids that's it you know like that's what we heard for a long time was about the kids which i felt like that's what needed it to be in there okay so what are we gonna do now now what's the next and then i feel like we are fixated on other things going on and not worried about the stuff that we need to be worried about just make the schools safe yeah so this doesn't happen again period Period done. And our show is now over because we just settled all of that. <laughs> Make the school safe. So we won't have to go through this again. But no, we wanna we wanna remember the victims. Yeah. So we each have some kids that we're gonna tell you all about the, the children today. And we'll just do let's just do a roundabout. I'll okay. start with the two teachers and then Just can go. And then Nicole, and we'll just keep going until we get all of these pictures. Perfect. Okay. So, first of all, this hits really home with me. These are two fourth grade teachers, and I teach fourth grade, and one was an inclusion teacher, which is what you teach. And just you had mentioned when we first started talking about this that these are the, the same age of the kids that we see every day. These are our babies that... That like the eyes of these children, I will literally not forget for the rest of my life that the day after the the shooting, our power went out, and a kid looked at me and said, "Who's going to protect us now that the power is out?" Because he thought that like the no, you cannot get in and out. The power doesn't decide the locking system, but the kids don't realize that. And so they're thinking, because they have to press the button to get in. So they're assuming the second the power goes out, the you know, it's free game. He literally looked at me and was like, who's going to protect me when the power is out? And I was just like, me. <sighs> but like, really, it's sad that they have to think about that. 
And you have to remember, guys, we know this because we're teachers, but kids don't process the things that we as adults process. No. They hear so many things, which is why we say, let them be kids. They shouldn't be in adult situations or hear adult conversations. They should not be watching the news, especially with something like this, because their processing is so different. All they hear is, if I go to school, I'm going to die. Right. That's how they're processing. But these two teachers, they sacrifice their lives for their their children. And first teacher is Eva Morellas. She was the the first teacher that with that, that her pick came out. She died trying to pr- protect her fourth grade students. She was actually married to an Uvalde Independent School District SRO officer. Oh yeah, her really was an SRO officer. I didn't his, know that. This is what I did not educate. Um, his his name is Ruben Ruiz. And they had one daughter, Adeline, and she enjoyed singing karaoke and reenacting TikTok videos with her mom. And she said that her mom was the half that made her whole. Mickey, get the, get the tissue. Mickey was like, I'm already crying. Get the whole box. Just bring the box right there. I'm telling you, because that's how I feel about my mom. She's the half that makes me. Oh, your mama just sent me a message too. Oh, well, <laughs> my mom. Hey, Davina. Sorry, mom has several people <laughs> in her life that she thinks of as daughters and sons. So while she might be my half, she has she's full of puzzle pieces. She's full of puzzle pieces. I'm sorry. I was just trying to lighten up the mood because I'm like I'm gonna start crying too. We just all gonna cry. So Eva was an educator for over 17 years. She had been co-teaching with Irma Garcia, the other teacher victim, for five years. She was a certified SPED teacher and a bilingual generalist and in Spanish. So Eva was the SPED teacher. Kind of think about like when you and I. Right. She loved running and hiking, and she recently picked up bike riding on her Facebook a message. Her daughter said that she was an avid CrossFit buff who adored her family pets. Her mother was her best friend and an inspiration who raised her to be strong. She said, quote, she put love into everything she did with her daughter, with her family, with her school. She had a laughter that was absolutely contagious. And uh, people said, not keep a straight face around her. I just think about fun faculty meetings with with Eva being in there and people said she really treated everyone with so much love and like she was just a good person and her students felt comfortable with her. So Irma Garcia said of her partner teacher Eva Morellas, she said I can't say enough about Mrs. Morellas I have truly felt blessed to have such an amazing partner which I totally feel that with every fiber of my being. As us being partners, as all of my partner teachers, I am truly blessed to have the the best partners. The next victim, the next teacher was, we talked about her, Irma Garcia. 
She was 48 years old. She had been teaching for approximately 23 years. I'm getting teary-eyed because I'm thinking about 23 years, 17 years. That's about how many years do you have in teaching? This is, I just finished my 21st. Right. And I'm about 17 or 18. So this is like us. This could totally be be us. I mean, this literally fits the bill right here. Irma Garcia was the teacher that was married. Her and her husband, Joe, had been married for twenty more than 24 years. On June 28th, they would have made their 25th wedding anniversary. And you just made my 25th. That just kills me that whenever the, and I always go back to that. And I think it's because I'm a teacher, married, you know, and like, I just see him whenever I say, I hear his name or I say his name, um, when he puts the flowers or whatever down or like he turns around and he's walking back from the memorial. And then it's like, he dies too of a broken heart. And now there's four kids. And I mean, I know they're older and stuff, but boom, boom. They lost both their parents. Yes. Stupid. So, but because of a, I'm not going to go there with them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So <clears throat> Irma um, and Joe were married for 20, it would have been 25 years or June 28th. And of course he passed away the very next day of, of a birth. What, what did you say it was called? The widow, widower? Syndrome, the widow, widow syndrome, syndrome, where people just die of a broken heart. I mean, he had a massive heart attack, but he his heart was broken. Heart was broken, and then a friend of one of the kids, the stu, um, the students. I don't remember which one, but when she went to her friend's memorial, she had to go to the hospital too because it was stressed to their these these people. I mean, this is terrible. I know. You had mentioned when we first started talking about Irma and Joe that they began their relationship in high school. People said it flourished into love that was beautiful and kind. They had four, they had four children, which we mentioned are, are now orphans. Their son, Christian, who was 23, was trained to be Marine. Jose, 19, I believe he was one of that was at Texas State University. Uh, Liliana was 15. She was a sophomore in high school. And Alessandria uh, was 13. And she was in seventh grade. And they lost lost both of their parents. Who's that his father? Garcia was recognized as an elementary ed top teacher in 2008, 2009. She has been numerous occasions been teacher of the year for 23 years in 2019 she was a finalist for the trinity prize excellent in teaching Mm -hmm. and so she's done all of these amazing things as a teacher and finally to give her make the ultimate sacrifice of a teacher literally giving her life to her students no no i don't I, I, I don't know what to say about that. It just, it's just really, it's, oh, but there's so many similarities. So many similarities. It's like creepy wow. to the point of our creepy time similarities, really. So Jess, give us one of your little, little boys or girls. Okay, this is, this is the one that really, 
that really got to me. And if I say any of these Spanish names wrong, y'all please correct me because I'm tragic at reading names. I got you. Eliana Cruz Torres. She was in fourth grade. She was 10 years old. She was an avid softball player. And she was actually that night, that night of the shooting, she was going to play her final softball game to determine if she was going to be on their all-star team for their city. Um, she had just talked to her grandma and said how nervous she was, but she was excited. Her grandma said that she would, would describe her as beautiful, full of energy, happy, outgoing. She loved dance and all sports. Um, she was big into family and just all around generous with her time wherever she was needed. Wow. And we're going to have um, all of these pictures. I have all of the kids and the teachers' pictures, and that's going to be linked to our Instagram because you could say these names, but until you see the pictures of these mm. babies, that's kind of what makes it real. And she says, what really hurts that we will never know what all of these people were capable of achieving. That's exactly right. Jess, you had mentioned that we were talking about Blackie's case, uh, about Lori Farmer at eight years old. Um, you said, think about what she could have done. Think about what she could have done. That's all I kept thinking. The two things that run through my mind when things like this happen are what could those people have done for us as a whole nation, as a just in, in general society? And what was I complaining about or saying at the time that it happened where these people were literally sacrificing their lives? Those are the two things I think about every time a tragedy like this happens. I am going to talk about McKenna Lee Elrod, 10 years old. McKenna liked to sing and dance, play with fidget toys, and practice softball and gymnastics. She loved animals and high notes for her family to find. This killed me. <clears throat> she recently gave her friend Chloe a friendship bracelet. And Allison McCullough will remember McKenna's smile, which she said could light up her room. Um, I found a always the one that they had a smile that lights up a room. <laughs> Telling y'all, if something happens to me, I want y'all <laughs> to just say she was just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, please do that for me. <laughs> she made friends with. With people everywhere she went, she had brothers and sisters and cousins who loved to play with. She loved to write notes to her family and leave them in hidden places to be found later. She was a natural leader and loved school, and she loved going to the ranch with her dad to feed the animals run rod on the ranch. She was so full of life and will live in our hearts forever. You know what's going to be hard is in a couple of months if her family falls. I thought about that. I completely thought about that, that Rainy. And it would be such a, a blessing and such a bittersweet thing, but. Well, and who knows? Because you and I believe, get teased, Mo, maybe not so much, but, you know, that. I don't know, for little kids, I believe a lot more for little, for little babies. I, I believe a lot more. I wouldn't be surprised if notes start appearing. Oh, to God, let her so... family know yes. that she's okay. I would love that. 
I believe those things. That is wholesome, good things. I will, I will, I will get down with that. So you agree with that? I will agree with that. I have a good person to talk about right after if Nicole is done with our lovely friend here. Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about Alexandria. So we'll go like that. Yeah, we'll do a, a round rock. Ah, okay. KKK. Uh, Alexandria Lexi Anaya Rubio was 10 years old. So all of these kids, like, love outdoors and were so athletic. I love that because nowadays all you hear is the video games and the, you know, watching inappropriate things, but these kids were really being You kids. don't hear anything about, oh, they're watching YouTube or on this right. or that or blah, blah, blah. Um, Lexi mm. looked forward to practicing softball and basketball with her father. She was playing volleyball and she liked to learn about feminism, which I thought at Aww. age 10 <laughs> is just so wonderful. She was a straight-A student and won a citizenship award. Now, you also have to remember that, um, just like we had awards, uh, a lot of these students, they had awards day hours before, like at the 9 o'clock hour, and this happened at 12, 12.30. That's what I was trying to look up because that was the, that was the couple that the parent of, I don't remember which child it was, that I kept. Every time I would watch the vi- the videos of the parents, it was those people. It was those parents, and I was just like, they're killing a me lot again. Of the kids she wanted to go home after, after awards, and her mama was like, we took the yes, last picture we ever were going to take, and she said, you know, I have to live forever with not, you know. So you know what? I'm checking JC out, and now every time she wants to, I mean, but you know, but I mean, as a parent and as a right. teacher, oh, somebody get her, get that mom. And old girl from from Girl Scout. Lori Farmer's mom, Sherry. Yeah, they need to be BFF for life. Yeah, because Sherry Farmer did mention that's a mistake that I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. And I'm sure that this um, feels the same. A lot of the kids had awards. Their last pictures was was pictures holding up their awards and certificates. Uh, Lexi had a picture with all because she had all age. She was um, a on roll. She wanted to be a lawyer and make oh. a difference. And her mother, Kimberly, said, please, quote, please make sure she makes one now. So, because she wanted to be a lawyer and make a difference, her mom wants her story to make a difference. See, Ugh. facts on facts. But this, I, I thought this was because you had talked about the political aspect. The family of Lexi was asked to meet with Governor Greg Abbott after, you, know, you always hear after a tragedy like this, the thoughts and prayers, all the politicians want to say the thoughts and prayers are with you and come meet with us, come to the governor's mansion, meet with yeah, the governor and tell how, to, yeah. how, well, Lexi's parents declined Governor Abbott's request because Kimberly says, quote, my first thought was my Lexi doesn't even like him. And even though she was little, they talked about that. Mm. And so I thought that that was what a way to that. Lexi wanted to make a difference. That statement was enough. Says a lot about 
the kind of person that Lexi would have been. Your mama doing you proud, boo. Right. Right. So you had another one, Jess? Yes. One that fits with the whole family vibe you were talking about. So I have um, JC, but this is a boy, by the way. JC Carmelo Lavanos. 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 See? Um, 10 years old. He brewed coffee for his grandparents every morning. Every single morning, he would brew all the coffee. And this goes with one of your guys, too. He played in the backyard. Um, they said that he was just an avid outdoorsman. He made friends wherever he went. He always wanted to make people laugh. And he loved to play with his family dog, Fifi. And all I keep thinking about is what Fifi's doing. You know, Fifi's probably waiting for him to come home. Oh, my. Uh, that, that just rips me up, too. Not only, uh, and you know, you don't really think about that, but not only do the people, but, like, they're the animals, you know? They have to go through the rest of their life not knowing when they're coming back. A lot of the Latin community is very family-oriented, and a lot of these little kids who were talking about J.C. Macon coffee for his abuelo or abuelas. The Latin community, that's grandparents, by the way, a lot of the Latin communities, kind of like what we were talking about, the Native American community, um, their ancestors, and they revere their abuelos and abuelas or abuelitas, their grandparents. And I think we can, you know, a lot of we can take a lesson from these little kids that would make coffee. What I would give to make coffee for my grandparents again. And at 10 years old, this wasn't a chore for them. We'll see a couple of... He just did it out of the kindness of his heart. Just he wanted... And that, that, like you said, that was literally... Every single page I read, and I did multiple different websites, I mean, all these kids were just family-oriented, wanted to help. That was a, that was such a common thing among all of these children, and I'm sure with the ones y'all looked at as well. Yes. All right. Well, who do you want All right. Javier Lopez made the honor roll on Tuesday, which turned out to be the last day of his life. He was 10. He was an exuberant baseball and soccer player. He chatted on the phone with his girlfriend. He was funny, never serious, his mom, Felicia, said, and a smile I will never forget. It will always cheer anyone up. He had a smile that lit up the room. Again, common, just common. These kids must have been just pure, like you said, the pure soul, true kid for kids type of kids. No video gamer craziness. My, my thing is, Okay, we have, let's see, there was 18, 19 kids and two adults. So, 19 kids, and I believe there was two or three survivors in that classroom. Those kids, the ones who, the survivors that were in the classroom. Oh, yeah. were there, I, I hope. If we don't do anything, we've got to get mental health for those kids. Because there's uh, the little girl who said that she put blood, blood 
from her best friend on her to to make the killer think that she was dead. She survived. And I think the other one or two did have shrapnel, so they were wounded, but ultimately survived. It's kind of like what we talked about, Angela, that fourth girl in the last, your whole life you're going to be thinking, why did I survive? Why did Survivors, yeah. Yeah. Those survivors that, not only the ones that were at the school, the ones that were in those classrooms who survived, please let's give them please. mental health they're going to need. I do have something on that note to say. I was researching why y'all were talking a little while ago because I thought I had heard this. Um, according to the Texas Tribune, they are not going to let the kids go back to school that fall, um, this fall coming. They're separating the um, kids, the different grades are going to go to like different schools and they didn't confirm yet, but the superintendent has mentioned that they will demolish it because of just the, it's the literally a quote that says, I can't tell you how many little children that I've talked to that don't want to go back into the building. They're just traumatized. They're just destroyed. Wow. And I don't obviously definitely don't blame them. I really hope that they tear that school down and they said they would, if they do, they will rebuild. They need to put up a memorial or something. You know, we, we, we do a memorial for heroes and these kids and these teachers are definitely heroes. So yeah, that's, that is an excellent solution. A start anyway. But that is not what we're saying is the tell-all, end-all people. They're still going to need help. This is literally just the first stepping stone. There are several. And I'm glad they're thinking about what what's going to happen in the fall. That's I think being they proactive did. instead of reactive. And I think they did that with um the school. Um, yes, they did. They, they tore it down. Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Well, yeah, and I feel like it should be torn down. Like, you would want to go back in there. Right. Right. And as far, like Rainey said, though, that to pay tribute to those people, that I'm sure that's a hard decision because, like, the building, I don't want to say the building pays tribute, but that's kind of, you know, that's their last place. And so I'm sure that's a very hard moment for a lot of people. But I do think that we could all agree in some ways that it's definitely time eventually take some memorial Take, make it make it a big deal in the new one, but we've gotta we've gotta let these other kids make it through. Again, being proactive instead of reactive, that they're they're not trying to like go on with life like nothing happened, and then the first day of school, these kids are traumatized all over again because they're having to relive that. So that's all over them. Um, the next little boy we're going to talk to is about is Azuya Garcia. He was 10 years old. He lived with his aunt and uncle. He enjoyed throwing the football and learning past patterns with his grandfather, Danny Renfro. Again, another one who was very close to his abuelo. His grandfather, Danny, said, quote, he was such a fast little boy. He called certain plays, and he would remember them instantly. He was just the sweetest little boy. 
He loved playing basketball and soccer. He loved virtual reality uh, games. Uh, his game, Gorilla Rag. His favorite after-school snack was a Nutella sandwich mm. with blue toppings. Got to make sure they the blue toppings. Hello. Um, the blue toppings. He enjoyed making everyone laugh. And he wanted to be either a video gamer or a police officer when he grew up because he wanted to help people. So, mm-hmm. all right, who do you have next, Jeff? Um, can I group two together for a specific reason? I think they belong good together. Sure. These two did not have much information, and it just made me so sad for their families because. No, I think that that was done for a reason because. There was certain ones that I didn't find a lot of information. Me too. But I think it was the parents. They didn't want to give up, you know, because everyone kind of makes a spectacle of... Remember we talked about how in the last case, uh, Michelle Gusey's father, he, he mm-hmm. mentioned that the media had become so obnoxious trying to get a quote from them or to find pictures, and he said, he didn't want to give up his last picture or he didn't want to give to them a picture of Michelle because that was that was his. And I think a lot of these families feel the same way that their child's not for spectation. You know, they're, it's not a spectator sport. And and we're, that's not what we're doing here. This this episode is specifically to honor these victims. Yes. So. And everyone grieves differently. And, you know, some of these people that gave a lot of information didn't. And because I don't think any of them wanted them to be a spectacle. I think that was just their way of grieving. They, they, in their mind, the best way was to get it out of what, you know, they remember them by. And then others is to close in. It just shows the mental health again, how people deal with things differently. Absolutely. Good point. So the little girl is Miranda. I think it's Mathis, Mathis, M-A-T-H-I-S. Um, she was 11. Um, her mom said that she was loving, very talkative. Um, she loved to get her hair done. She would come home and ask for her hair done like different people all the time. Like she would say, my best friend has her hair in such, such way. I need you to do it for me like now. I could see her being like such a great artist of some type because that's like an artistry. Um, what made me real sad about her um, is that her younger brother was at school at the time of this. So not only does that family have to deal with the loss, but they also have to deal with the trauma that that younger child had to deal with. And you know what? I'm not going to group these together because they deserve their own little moment of spotlight. So, Nicole, you can go. Okay. I was going to sp- I was gonna put two together because I have the two cousins that they talked about. Not a lot of information about both either one of them. And I, there's like articles and stuff and like it's pretty much saying the same stuff. But these were the two cousins that were together that they were in the same room. Jackie Cazera and Annabelle Rodriguez. So about Jackie, um, she was nine. Two weeks before the tragedy, she received her first communion. Her family's members describe her as a girl full of life who brightened the day of people around her. She was the one that would go out of her way to help anyone, her dad said. It's, it, in every article I read, it, he talks about how it gave him much comfort that 
she would have done something to help her classmates in that very scary scenario. She was known for always helping kids at school for anything. Um, and then she was cousins and classmates and close friends with Annabelle Guadalupe Rodriguez. Um, I think those were the ones that said, I love you every night. That they would text each other, I love you every night. They would text each other, I love you and good night every night. Annabelle was 10. She was a quiet child, an earnest student, having earned her place in school's honor roll. And all her great aunt, well, she's Annabelle's great aunt and she's Jackie's aunt, that we're a very tight family. It's just devastating. And that's what a lot of the articles talked about, too, how they just, that they had went through COVID and they had deaths in their family and then they had, they experienced this. But then I did see, that they were happy that they were together. Crushed me. Crushed me. They were in the same, probably either in the same class or maybe. They were in the same class. Two adjoining classes. Or, yeah, or the adjoining classes. So maybe they were in the, each in a homeroom or something, but they were together. Yeah. Prayers for, for that. For the families, you know, one is tragic enough. Two. That's really sad. Next we're going to talk about Tess Rinata. Old. She was known to her family and friends as Tessie. This I love. Tess had, or Tessie had a jar full of cash in her purple room. This was according to the Washington Post because she was saving up for a trip to Disney World. She loved Nickelo- the Nickelodeon show Victorious and the Houston Astros. Her sister described her as an introverted and she loved her cat Olive. Her sisters were May was 16 and Mackenzie was 17. Tessie was 10. And you don't think of older teenagers, you know, being friends with the younger sisters. But Maylee and Mackenzie said that they were best friends so much that they had a friendship handshake. All three sisters. She also was very athletic and she loved doing splits, practicing softball she played second base and she was she taught herself how to pitch by watching youtube which i thought that says a lot for for this generation that's that's how they learn her sister says quote we have one sassy guardian angel to protect our she also had a contagious laugh and she wanted to be a vet I have my next one is Jose Manuel Flores Jr., 10 years old. Um, his grandpa used to call him my little Josito. So when you put ITO with the end of that, just means my little. Okay. Uh, um, he played baseball. He enjoyed it. He was another one of my, the video gamers. We were just talking about that. Um, his grandpa said that he always said the quote, tough kids wear pink because he always would wear pink shirts to school. And when he was told that he shouldn't be wearing pink, he said, tough kids wear pink. Um, he was a happy, full of laughter child. He loved to have fun. He had just gotten the honor roll that day. Um, and he loved fishing. He had a, he was proud of this one picture he had, um, of one of the best fish he felt like he had ever caught in his room Aww. that he looked at often. Now that could definitely be one of our students. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. Yeah. I see that Nina 
uh, is saying, oh no, poor babies, this, oh wait, I lost it. Read what is, because she had a point. How, why does this keep, what, what in the hell, why, why does this keep happening? She says, why does it keep happening? Yes, why, why? We know what we can do to stop. Mental health. When are we going to do it? When are we going to say enough is enough? I don't know what the answer is. Maybe we can go viral with this and people will start listening. They need to listen to those parents and Matthew McConaughey. They need to. Oh, I want to, I want to get them off my, but I'm not because we got, we do need for the babies. I just want to go. It's like right here. Yeah, but I'm not because that there's a time and a place for that. And this is not the time nor the place. So who do you have next? I have Ma- Maete Rodriguez. Maete. This is the one that Matthew was was actually referred to in in his speech. Maete. She dreamed of becoming a marine biologist. She was her mom's best friend, her mother's only daughter. She wanted to go to the university. She dreamt of going, um, of attending the University of Texas A and M in Corpus Corpus Christi to become a marine biologist. Because of her caring heart, heart towards wildlife and the animals within. So the university set up a scholarship in her memory for marine biology students. Oh, yeah. They said she was a sweet girl and those who knew her loved her. They were blessed with her kind, ambitious, friendly, and sweet soul. She was an AB honor roll student who enjoyed learning about animals in the ocean, especially dolphins. Uh, this is the one that had the green converse with the heart on the toe. That was the only way for her to be identified was those green converse. Oh, my God. And I believe I read somewhere that converse is putting out that line. And yes. Mete Rodriguez line. So that was the only way that, that she could be identified. Was by these green converse. They're going to put the heart. They come out with this line. They're going to put the heart she drew on the toe when they make when they make this line. They're going to add the heart because that's what she drew on. And when you look at the pictures of these babies, like that picture, and they're full of life. The pictures just do me in. The pictures do me in on all of these. So some hard research for sure. This was done with an AK-15 assault rifle. And you're talking about 9 and 10 year olds. This is why they are unidentified. Yeah. That, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, because be, it makes me want to, but, but I'm not. I'm not doing it. But we got to get through this and we're going to honor these children and these teachers. So next we have Anne Marie Jose Garcia. She was 10 years old that she had just celebrated her 10th birthday. She was trying to call 911. Oh, she was one of them. And they are saying that um, along with the, the teachers that she was, well, they're all heroes in my eyes. But Absolutely. she wanted to, she was trying to help because she was calling 911 when she was shot. That's why she was one of the first ones that was shot. She was very protective of her three-year-old brother's name. 
Her family described her. This is this is my kind of girl. She was a diva who detested dresses. Love it. I love. Uh, she again. She loved Chick Fil A. My kind of girl. Yes. And a vanilla bean frappe from Starbucks. Oh, she's my girl too. She wanted to be an art teacher. She was an avid swimmer. She's described by her friends and family as a kind, caring, loving, sweet, and sassy, and lots of little girl, age yep. of 10. There you go. Now, all of these caskets were shrink-wrapped with art by Trey Ganim of Soulshine Industries. He donated all of the caskets, except for one family decline. But Anne-Marie... She had just also received an Avion Roll Award. Uh, she loved Play-Doh. Uh, she was full of life. She was a jokester. She was always smiling. She was very social. And she talked to everybody. I bet she got her foot moved a lot. Oh, she was, I bet you she did. She, she I was bet like you a she little did, rainy. Rainy. I can, I can see, I feel this oneness with Anne-Marie. Uh, she's my kind of girl. And I'm seeing that that Nina, one of our creepers, says this makes me so scared to send Lily into school. Lily and it's her it's her daughter. I think everybody's feeling that way after something like this happens. But believe me, coming from three teachers, we're we're scared too. But we're gonna do our damnedest, just like Irma and Eva, to protect your kids when they're at school. I always tell my kids when we have lockdown, it is my job to get in front of a bullet if I have to. I will protect you, you know, even for the tornado drills. I say, if I have to hold up the wall to protect you to get out, that's what I'm going to do. And then they all laugh. But they like, Miss Gidry, you can't hold up a wall. <laughs> but, but that's what I would try, you know. That's what, as Justin said today, that's what we signed up for. That's what we signed up for. That's what we signed up for. So, for those of you, I know everybody, after something like this happens, you don't want to send your kids to school. And then a lot of people choose to homeschool. That's always a priority for you if you, if you can do that. But just know that, that as teachers, that's what we signed up for. We're going to yeah. protect your kids as best we can. Who you got next, Jess? I have, um, Rogelio. Rogelio. Torres. There we go. I'm so sorry. I hate to say these names wrong because that they don't deserve that. I'm doing my best. I promise my sweet soul babies. Um, he was 10 years old. Um, he was intelligent, hardworking, helpful. Um, and he had three siblings that he left behind. This was one of the ones that I didn't get much information on. And I'd be willing to bet it's just the grieving, the grieving that this family now has to go through. It's just too great. And I don't blame them. All right. My last one is Layla Salazar. Salazar. Um, she's 10. She. When I was looking her up, I was like, I love this kid. She sang Sweet Child on Sweet Child on Mine by Guns N' Roses with her father on their morning drive to school. Um, they sang every morning. You know, it was one of her their favorites to sing. She also loved dancing and singing and loved the Dallas Cowboys. 
Um, we'll, we'll forgive her about that. Yeah, but. I mean, <laughs> you know, somebody has to love them. She was a smart-witted and rambunctious child. She was always cheerful and respectful of her elders and would be the first to greet and assist family, guests, and friends. She was a girl who loved many different activities, with some of those being swimming and running track. When she wasn't spending time swimming at the river with her parents or running track, you could find her singing and dancing. She loved making TikTok videos, just and adored koala bears. She won six first place koala, um, bear, oh, koala bears. Koala bears. She won six first place ribbons on field day and was so proud of her accomplishment. She would say, "If you aren't first, you last." <laughs> I think that's like um. Uh, on Talladega Nights. Oh, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. So if you're not first, you last. And on the and on many days, her grandfather and her grandmother would pick her up from school and she would get treated with tacos. So she would ask them to pick her up as often as she could. Oh, that sounds girl, like my nephews. <laughs> yeah. I love, this one really touched me. All right. So the next we have Jayla Nicole Silvio. She was 10 years old. Birthday is September 19th, 2011. Her parents are Veronica Cuevanos and Jacob Silvio. She has two sisters. It was unusual uh, this morning because she told her mom she didn't want to go to school that day. That and she had asked uh, her mom if she could, or she asked her dad first, you know, <laughs> You always go to daddy first because you know daddy's going to say. So she had asked her dad to stay home. And what do you think her dad said? No. Go to school. No, her dad said, ask your mama. Oh, <laughs> And so. Um, ask your mama. Her mom, her mom made the decision. But, you know, the thing about it is that you these, these parents, who could have imagined this would ever happen? You can't live with that. You you don't know. And education is important. And, you know, as a parent, you have to make several calls throughout your life. And it, it could go either way. And so, you know, in our lives, you're 10 minutes late for and you're trying to rush out the door. And that 10 minutes might have saved you for an after. Okay. Hindsight 2020, you know. That's what I always think of when I'm running late in the morning. There's a reason. And so these parents, you know, this mom, she is tormenting herself to send Jayla to school. But education is important. And sometimes we know as teachers, you know, <laughs> the kids will come to you, you know, because they got a math. This always happens in my class. That's uh, math that <laughs> they always have headaches <laughs> on the day of the math test. Oh, oh, my head hurts. And so I always tell the kids, I know because that's Miss, Miss Gidry's working those muscles. So that's why you had her. But you know, if you're the, those math facts, muscle right, memory, <laughs> if, if you are going to either take your kids out of school or keep your kids out of school every little time something they ask or they have a boo boo, they're, they're going to, that's going to be a learned behavior. They're going to know all I got to do is ask my mama, tell my mama. My stomach hurts. Mm -hmm. Tell my mom I have a headache, and 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 then they're gonna use things like that to always get out of school and always get out of the hard stuff in life. So that's not something that you that you want to do. For Jayla's mom, if you ever hear this, Veronica, don't feel bad about sending your kids to 
to school that day. That's you were looking at her future. She needed to be with her friends. She there is there's a reason. Okay, I know it doesn't make sense now, but I don't know. I just feel so bad for for the parents who, like you said, wanted to be checked out or or, or Jayla didn't go to school that day. But um, Jayla enjoyed watching TikTok video and she loves spending her time outdoors. She was actually cousins to Jacy that Jessica had mentioned. <gasps> good point, Mickey. Mickey did make a good point. Yes. What Mickey said. Mickey said, what about the ones who were absent that day? Survivor's guilt. The kids that survived the shooting, big the time super, super, uh, survivor's guilt. But the kids that didn't go to school. With hindsight's twenty twenty, can always say what if. Think about all the people for nine eleven who weren't mm-hmm. in the towers. You know, or it just wasn't your time. Not that yeah. I think it was. You know, I have my own way of thinking about this. Yeah. That in order to be a functioning right. person, right. I have to say, you know what? It was what it was their time to go. It was their their soul contract. Yeah. The next little girl that we're going to talk about is Nevaeh Alyssa Bravo. She was 10 years old, which Nevaeh spells heaven backwards. I had a Nevaeh this year, and why I never realized that it spells heaven backwards. I can't wait to see her in the hallways next year so I can tell her that. <laughs> I've also had a Nevaeh, too. This one and this picture. Ooh. Uh, Nevaeh's birthday was January 12th, 2012, and her parents were Maria Magdalena Garcia and Juan Julie Julian Bravo. She loved to dress in tiaras, <laughs> as we all should, and pink dresses. They buried oh, her. in a pink dress in a tiara? They buried her in her tiara in the pink dress. This was the one. Nevaeh's was the one that had um, the pink and purple uh, shrink wrap basket. She had two brothers and a sister, and she always wanted to help her parents. They laid pink and purple flowers in her mortars at her services with a pink teddy bear. She was married oh. with a pink teddy bear as well. Jessica, you have one more? I have one more. Um, I, again, I hope I say this right. Ali. Alethea. Alethea. Haven Ramirez. I do know Ramirez. 10 years old. She loved drawing. This one, this one was definitely one that reminded me of some of my friends because I had some, some artistes in my class this year. Um, she wanted to become an artist. She had, she had actually lost her best friend to a car accident. Her, her friend actually gotten hit by a car. Um, and she drew a portrait of him in heaven and gave it to his parents like as a gift. Um, she submitted to the doodle for Google contest. Um, and she had recently won her district art, um, contest and her theme was kindness takes courage. Like stop it right now. Um, her family says she was beautiful, happy, fun, loving, um, and she just loved everything with art. She was a very, she was an artiste. God knows what she could have done for us in the art community. With every single one of these kids, I immediately picture one of the students in my class. 
like every they're like a it's the same. I mean, very parallel lives, and I think that's why this one not that not that this one affected me differently, but this one was an elementary school with grades that we teach. So I remember when <clears throat> Sandy Cook, Sandy Cook was so devastating because it was right around Christmas. And I remember sitting, I was in North Carolina, just hit that whole weekend. So it was like a Friday and happened. Mm-hmm. And I just had a pit in my stomach. And uh, again, it was like, what, nine years ago, 10 years ago. And we thought that that would be the last one. And it's not. Y'all, y'all, have y'all seen how many shootings have happened since this shooting, which was literally like, what, May 24th? Correct me if I'm wrong. And this is only coming from, from, uh, June 2nd, but they're saying. Less than a month. Tulsa's marks 20 mass shootings since. Almost every day. And that is just. That was at the hospital, right? I, I don't even know the word to describe it. I would say disheartening, but that's just not doing its service. I don't even know what to say, but like my phone should not be pinging every day with a local news station telling me that there is another mass shooting in another grocery store, in another movie theater, in another anywhere. So mm-hmm. I think the Tulsa one was at the hospital and it was the med- yeah. 20 cents evolved. We have one more little baby to talk about. Yeah. This is Aliana Ellie Amaya Garcia. She was nine years old. She would have turned 10 June 4th. So she was a week and a couple of days away from her 10th birthday. She wanted to be a cheerleader and a teacher. Hey, that's me. I was a cheerleader and I'm a teacher. I love nice. That. Well, she loved basketball and she also loved making TikTok. So she was a quote a sweet girl with love with a lovely and beautiful soul. She would light up everyone's world with big smiles and big hugs. She was a planner. And Ellie mm. this was another one that Matthew McConaughey had spoken about. But Ellie was a planner, but she, she had already picked out her quinceanera dress. Oh. Uh, for those of you who don't know, like we, we have a sweet 16 in the Latin community. Your quinceanera is your 15th birthday. Uh, our, my big thing was my 16th birthday, but she was only 10 years old, but had already picked out her quinceanera dress. Oh. And, and she had already choreographed her own dance for her quinceanera, which was five years away, I think. Aw. That's wonderful. She was going to have a pool party for her 10th birthday celebration that she was looking for. She was the second eldest of five girls, and she loved helping around the house. She loved the movie Encanto, and Disney actually sent her parents on a Encanto dress that they oh, buried her. That's sad. I think that was a wonderful tribute to, for the Disney Corporation to do that. Ellie enjoyed also spending weekends with her grandparents. She was always reminding them to take their meds because she wanted them to. She wanted them to live a long life. 
She loved to help her grandparents. She loved mowing their lawn and enjoyed making tostadas and chalupas with them. Oh, yes. This was the one whoo, that Matthew McConaughey talked about because she loved to pray Aww. every night. And she she was killed on the Tuesday, but she was nervous about speaking Wednesday night, say a Bible verse at their Bible study. But she loved spreading the gospel. She had been practicing the, the Bible verse, and Ellie never got to share that Bible verse with her church. At 10 years old, she was a disciple. That's all, right, Jess? That's all the, the, you're done? Yes, that's all my people. That's all your people. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we got them all. Because it's really, it's really something when, when kids have that inner faith that, that that's not anything, you know, as parents, we, we talk to our children about beliefs and, but when a young baby needs to eat, when they take that on and they want to preach, that's, you know, that's a hard thing to do to, to get, to have the courage enough to want everyone to learn to, to say, like, I love to pray. Yeah. Every night. You know, uh, for a nine or 10 year old, mm-hmm. that's, that's extraordinary to have that innate faith. Yeah. So that is the 19 children and two teachers that lives were taken so senseless, senselessly. Now we have to, <clears throat> we have to do, we, we can't just let this be. We've got to, we've got to go on and do something. Thank you all. Uh, a lot of y'all have been have stayed with us this entire hour, but I think that this was important. I know we promised it. We talked. I felt like we talked about it. We finished our case, and it was like we we couldn't get back to us. But that I, I, our lives got in in the way a little bit. This was but much I, needed. But that's um, okay. We we thought that this was important. Yeah, it was um, important. I think we needed this. Yeah. And I know it was very heavy creepers. Yes, we needed this. And nothing, even if our lives get in the way for a second, their lives still matter. And regardless, we were going to get this done and make make sure that they got the honor that they needed. And Mickey said that, she said, well done, ladies. Y'all gave each one the spotlight. Well, they deserve the spotlight for for everything that they, they went through in their short lives. Definitely a short, short life, but they've made an impact. Yes. They've made an impact on my life. Yep. And and we're always told as teachers that you can change one life. Well, these 21 people definitely changed mine. I'm going to go back into next year uh, thinking about those teachers and how can I respect them and, and their legacy that they protected their students. Last thoughts, Jess, before we leave. We got to do something, y'all. We got to do something. I don't I don't want to have to do this again. I do not want a notebook full of memories of children again or anyone of that caliber of any age. I don't want this again. We need to stop. I don't know what we got to do, but I don't want this to be my notebook full of nonsense. Good point. Hold on. I'm just mad about it all. 
Like I'm just. I, I I think that's perfect. I think there is no word. Yeah, just you know. So we're gonna leave it right there. Stay with us uh, throughout the summer because we got some exciting plans coming. More episodes. We're making things better. We're constantly doing stuff. We are doing our best to continuously make this better for you guys. And thank you to the people who are sticking with us and hanging around while we learn this trade. And have been with us from the beginning. Yes. So so thank you to all of our creepers. Be back um, Thursday night at 7. And we'll see you then. But until then, creepers. Please share, you, um, yes. share, subscribe, and review. This and don't forget them. to follow us on the Tiki Talkies and Instagram at true underscore crime underscore chats with an S. Our email is creeperschat at gmail.com. So go ahead and hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. But until then, creepers, just remember to keep on creeping on. And we'll see you next week.